Thanks for joining us this Monday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug. And the title of our message today is called Beauty for Ashes. Our scripture will come from Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 11, and Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. And I'll begin reading in Isaiah 61. It's called, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide for all those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work in your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. So they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, loves justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and will make them an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offsprings among the people. All who see them will acknowledge that they are the people that the Lord has blessed. I delight in the Lord. My soul rejoice in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes sprout come up and the garden cause seed to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all the nations. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you trade beauty for ashes. We thank you that you do not leave us in despair, that you give us hope, that you give us gladness, and you give us a garment of praise. So Lord, as we look around our world today, how true when we see this Isaiah 61, these first 11 verses of that chapter, we look at it and we say, wow, it looks like the world we live in today. If Israel was favored by God, how much more are we favored? Not above Israel, but as uh, like Israel. So Lord, today, give me the words and wisdom as we bring forth today's podcast that we can see beauty for ashes. 
It's quite an analogy, Lord. We thank you for that today. We add a blessing to the reading and the speaking of the word today. Amen. Amen. So let's take a look at this. It says, Sovereign, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. You know, we think of people today, you know, are we preaching good news or are we preaching disparity? Are we preaching mourning? Are we preaching no hope at all? Or do we praise? You know, God is in control. The, the Word tells us that the good news was going to be preached to the poor. The Bible tells us that we need to be poor in spirit. We have to empty ourselves of us and accept the newness from Christ. You know, today we live in a world where there are many, many people that are brokenhearted. People's lives are a mess. But the Bible says he sent this prophet to speak the good news. He sent many, many people over the years. We can use this same scripture. Many, many pastors, evangelists, to preach the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to give hope, to proclaim freedom for the captives. I always liked Billy Graham when he would have his crusades and, you know, he always gave an invitation for people to accept the Lord. His message was simple. It was to the point, but it was out of the message of God. It was preached directly from the word. You know, he related it to the people of his day. And that's what I try to do, to relate it to the people of our day. You know, it was written to the Israelites, but it's also relevant to us today. It's a part of our Bible, Isaiah 61. It reminds us there that it says, to release darkness for the prisoners, to set them free. You know, there are many, many prisoners, whether they're in prison, like a cell with bars and, and something like that, or pr prisoners that are captives of something. You know, they say your mind is like a prison sometimes. We can, we can have all these things and we, we don't move forward. We're stuck. Think about it today. These prisoners can be set free from darkness. It tells us to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's what it's all about today, that we proclaim the year of the Lord. You know, we're in 2023. It was proclaimed way, 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 way back in Isaiah's day. And today, pastors can claim or proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The day of the vengeance of our God. Because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not ours. We don't say, God, go after this person, go after that person. Scripture tells us because of their sin, they were judged. Many, many nations were judged. They would not accept the word of God. But we see through history, we see God still has the final word. It says to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. And when we think about that, the writer tells us that the word Zion means 
for whom no one cares. You know, Israel at that time <clears throat> was so downtrodden, it had been invaded, destroyed, you know, people were displaced. <clears throat> so they were like this Zion, they got the name Zion, for whom no one cares. We can see this, and I had the scripture, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. It says, I will restore you to health, and I will heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast. Zion, for whom no one cares. This is what the Lord says. I will restore the fortunes of Jacob's tents and have compassion on his dwellings. The cities will be rebuilt on her ruins and the palace will stand in its proper, or proper place. From then you will come and sing words of thanksgiving and the song of rejoicing. I will add to your numbers and they will not decrease. I will bring them honor and they will not be disdained. Their children will be in days of old and their community will be established before me. The writer goes on and says, I will punish all those who oppress them. Their leaders will be one of their own. The ruler will arise from among them and I will bring them near and he will call and he will come close to me for he for who is he who will devote himself to be closer to me declares the lord you know even in the midst of trouble and trials and tribulations we need to draw closer to the lord you've heard me mention many many times and i've mentioned it in church many times that you know People step away from the Lord when trials and tribulations and troubles come. We need to draw close to him. But I like what the scripture says, I will restore you to health and will heal your wounds. He gives us hope. He gives us healing, declares the Lord. Because you are called outcast, Zion for whom no one cares. We live in a world today where there's so many people that are outcasts, so many people that are lost. You say, Pastor, how do you say that? All we have to do is look around. People are chasing for a dream that they'll never have. People are chasing for the meaning of life in this religion, in that religion, or in this way, in that way, or no way at all. They're lost. They're like outcasts. And it says, for Zion, whom no one cares, they're called outcasts. And that's what the Lord said. Israel was considered an outcast. We think about that, you know, she was despised. She was alone. Jerusalem had been destroyed. Its people were scattered. But you know, it was God who brought healing. It was God who brought restoration through his servant. You know, the chapter tells us it's about healing. It's, it's a healing that sometimes takes time, but it's a healing for you and I. Sometimes it may not be a physical healing. Sometimes it can be a spiritual healing. Pastor, how can you say that? But when you think about it, you know, 
If we're lost and no one cares, or we're separated from God, God can bridge the gap. He sent Jesus Christ to live among the people. He sent Jesus Christ to die and to be resurrected. He was a man that knew no sin, but he took our sin upon us willingly. It wasn't forced upon him. He restores. The writer goes on and tells us to comfort the mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. You know, we live in a world when we think about it, some of us are living in our own personal Zion, thinking no one cares. There's no hope. But there is hope found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is hope found in the body of believers today. It's what it's all about. Think about it. Then it goes on and tells us to, he said to give beauty for actions. Beauty for actions is amazing. You know, I heard a pastor say one day this last week, and I mentioned it, I think, before. It says, God cannot give you beauty for ashes if you're still holding on to the ashes. You know, I, I thank God that the prophet gave this word, that God gave him this word to give to the people also, that there was hope God was going to restore them. As we continue to read, we think about that. He did not leave them. It says, it says to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Wow, what a cure for people today. What a message. So we get a crown instead of ashes, a crown of beauty. God likes us. God restores us. God puts us in right relationship. We're no longer alone. We're no longer lost. We don't need to use this word Zion because no one cares, because God cares. So he gives us beauty instead of ashes. He gives us the oil of gladness instead of mourning. You know, we can have gladness. We can have joy. You've heard me mention that many times. A joy deep down within our spirit, no matter what we're going through. Does the scripture say life is going to be easy? Absolutely not. It's not smooth sailing. In fact, sometimes it seems like it gets rougher. But you know what? We can walk one foot in front of the other, one step at a time. And we know that the Lord is with us always. I believe that and I trust the Lord each and every day. It says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. In America, we have these oak trees that will grow big and they will grow tall. It's a very, very hard wood, a tree. And the oak trees have unique leaves. But they usually go from, from green in the, uh, in the summer, spring and summer, 
and then they will go to either a, a brown or a reddish color. But they have acorns, and those acorns are what the squirrels eat. But the trees will grow straight. They will have big limbs. They will be big. They will be a display of God's splendor. The writer goes on and tells us they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the cities that have long been devastated for generations. You know, we look today as archaeology goes back and they can see these cities, the ruins of biblical cities, the ruins of civilizations. But we see here that things are being, talks about rebuilding. The scripture in Jeremiah also tells us they're going to build upon the ruins. Sometimes those ruins have good foundation to build upon because they're in the base of the rock. You know, the technology for their building, sometimes even today they wonder how they did things. How did they stand the test of time when we look at the environment and the weather? But they knew what to build with. They built solid foundations. And most archaeological digs, from what I've seen, I'm no authority on archaeology, but you always seem to find the foundations of buildings. Even if the walls are gone, the foundation always seems to be there. It's amazing, archaeology, what they're finding today, even in the Holy Land. You know, we think about that. But things are going to be rebuilt. This tells us as Christians that we can build upon our non-successes. We can build upon our failures. You know, I don't like to use the word failure because failure to me is, is giving up. But you know, there's an old saying says, try, try, try again until you succeed. With Christ, we can succeed. Is it going to be the way it was before? Probably not. God may take, it, take our life and send it in a different direction. But it tells us he will restore, he will rebuild. He was going to rebuild all that they lost. And God can rebuild our lives today. No matter if we are like these ruins, we can be rebuilt. Even if our life has been devastated by one thing or another. You know, we live in a world today where some things come in and can turn our life upside down. But you know, I always pray in situations asking God to restore. Asking God to bring something good from a tragedy. Something good from whatever it may be. You know, sometimes there's lessons to be learned. But he talks about here, he says, Aliens will shepherd your flocks, and foreigners will work your fields and your vineyards. You know, he says, And you will be called priests of the Lord, and you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of shame, my people will receive double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance, so that they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. 
I underline that in my Bible, everlasting joy will be theirs. You know, when we think about it, it's not about possessions. When he says, I will restore, you will receive a double portion instead of disgrace. He was restoring the nation of Israel. God can restore us in right relationship with him. Our inheritance is laid up in heaven, as we've talked about before. You know, it's not about the treasures and what's in your bank account, what possessions you have, how many cars you have, you know, what kind of house you live in. We can't take it with us. But we can have an everlasting joy, a peace that passes all understanding. Verse 8 tells us, For I, the Lord, love justice. He's a just God. He hates robbery or thievery, deception, and iniquity, sin. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make them an everlasting covenant with them. And here he's talking about the nation of Israel, but for us, we have a covenant with God. When God restores us and forgives us, we are justified. We are made in right relationship. We're making a covenant with God. God will walk with us. God will talk with us. God will lead us. God provides for us. And God will see us through. The writer goes on and says, Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are the people of the Lord or that the Lord is blessed. We think about that today. You know, uh, the Israelites are known around the world, the Jews. They're known. But it's a reminder for us today as Christians. It reminds us that all who see us will acknowledge that they are people of the Lord, that he's blessed us. You know, we don't think about possessions, as I said, or status. Someone said one time, said, Pastor, you know, um, don't you want to strive to a higher calling? Don't you want to strive to, to, you know, a different title? And I said to them, it's not about the title. It's about being faithful to the word, faithful in teaching the word, faithful in preaching the word, faithful in living the word. Same as with Christians, people in the church. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm a Christian, so I'm better than somebody else. But we have a message to give to people, a message of hope, not a message of despair. We have a message telling people they can have a crown of, uh, of beauty instead of ashes, that they don't have to live in, in sin, they don't have to live in that lifestyle. They can change it. But it's with the help of the Lord. Verse 10 says, I, delightly great, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with, a garment, with garments of salvation and arrayed me with the robe of righteousness. Praise the Lord. It's all about being saved. Being redeemed, being restored in right relationship and a robe of righteousness, we should, we should put it on. Is it a piece of clothing? It, it mentions the robe of righteousness. 
you know, as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest. It should be who we are. It should be the real life, not something we do on the outside. It should be, we should be real. We should be not wanting people to see what we're doing, but that they know that we're Christians by who we are. They know that we are saved and they'll want that. Righteousness not saying I'm better than someone else. I heard it say once, we're just a sinner saved by grace and that grace is unmerited favor of God, that God redeemed, God restored. The writer goes on and tells us uh, another analogy. It talks about the robe. It says, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. It's giving us an example. You know, uh, I think of the, the armor of God where we put on the, uh, the breastplate and the helmet and the sword and the belt and the and uh, things for on the shins, on your, you know, all of those things, the armor of God. It's important that we, we, we face the world with the armor of God today. The scripture goes on and tells us in verse 11, For as soil makes the sprout come up, and the garden cause the seeds to grow. We think about that. You know, farmers plant seeds, but they don't make it grow. The soil's there, but God set forth that seed how to grow. We see the product of the seed. But think about it today. God causes that seed to sprout up, and he causes it to grow. So the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. You know, I often think when we sing songs, you know, we're praising God. You know, we do it in a closed, you know, like a church or in a sanctuary or, or wherever. But sometimes we need to be out in the open and to praise God. Sometimes we need to let others hear that voice. Righteousness and praise will spring up before all nations. The Bible tells us one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whether that day is today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or however many years from now, we need to be prepared. The Lord is coming again. The day is not far off. When we think about it, one day is a thousand years, is a thousand years is one day for the Lord. So think about it today as we think about this beauty for ashes. As the pastor I heard this week said, God cannot give beauty for ashes if we're still holding on to the ashes. Are you holding on to the ashes today? Is your life a wreck? Is your life turned upside down? God can heal. God can restore. The word tells us that. He can bring gladness instead of mourning. He can give us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. 
He can make us like these oaks that he talks about in Isaiah 61. Oaks of righteousness planted of the Lord, not planted by Doug or planted by this person or that person. They're planted by the Lord for the display of his splendor, not something we can do, his splendor. There's nothing like looking at a forest and seeing how beautiful it is. God can rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places that were long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. As I read that earlier, it reminded me people's lives sometimes are like these ancient ruins. We had a foundation in the Lord. We were walking with the Lord. And then people step away for one reason or another. But you can be restored in right relationship. It tells us to rebuild the ancient ruins. We can build upon the foundation of those. Jeremiah 30 reminds us. We can be renewed in right relationship. No matter how long it's been, it's never too late. It's never too late. God can forgive. God will forgive. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word in Isaiah 61. We thank you that you give us beauty for ashes. That you give us oil of gladness instead of mourning. And instead of spirit of despair, you give us a garment of praise. Lord, we thank you that you give us hope. We thank you that you did not give up on the nation of Israel. We thank you that you don't give up on us today. We thank you that we can proclaim the word of the Lord today, to preach the good news to the poor. Lord, we live in a world today where so many are brokenhearted. So many are held captive. So many live in darkness. But Lord, your word in Isaiah 61 tells us that you sent him, Isaiah, to bind up the brokenhearted. And Lord, as we preach the message today, we pray that you will restore those hearts that are broken. We proclaim freedom for those that are held captive. And Lord, we pray for the release of those that are walking in darkness. Lord, we proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We pray for those that are lost, that they will hear the message and they will respond. We pray for those, Lord, that are grieving just like Zion, that reminds us one who uh, Zion for one whom no one cares. Outcast, as the word says. Lord, in, with you there are no outcasts. With you, you restore us. You give us the garment of salvation.
You give us hope. You give us the robe of righteousness. Because one day the eastern sky is going to crack open and the clouds will be rolled back like a scroll as the, the old hymn says. And it's all going to be said and done. But Lord, we pray somehow, some way, that you will bring everlasting peace and everlasting joy to those that are lost. Be with the Christians that are doubting today. You know, we live in a world where there's so much technology and so much disinformation and people are questioning. But Lord, your word is clear, it's to the point. Isaiah 61 tells us that there's a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. The sky is not falling. All is not lost. There's still hope. We pray for the Christians that are struggling in their faith. We pray, Lord, that you will uh, give them a fresh anointing that you will send someone across their path that will help them, that will come alongside of them, and that will walk with them. But Lord, we want to thank you for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do. We thank you for this podcast that goes out every day, that goes across the waves Monday, Monday through Friday, that can transpond uh, transpond borders. But we pray for those, Lord, that don't know you today as their personal Savior, that today can be that day. There's so much more in Isaiah 61. But Lord, we want to, we just wanted to put this message out, telling us that you can give us a crown of beauty instead of ashes. You give us the oil of gladness instead of mourning and the garments of praise instead of a spirit of despair. There is hope. We don't have to be called Zion today. We can be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. It's what it's all about, folks. It's what it's all about, Lord. We thank you this day for your word. We thank you for those that will make a personal decision to follow you, to, that you will forgive them, you will redeem them, you will justify them, and they can walk in the newness of life. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us this Monday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug, and we look forward to joining you on Tuesday with a new message of hope and encouragement. God bless. Have a great day. Pastor Doug.